0: Wait, what am I saying? <laughs> You're listening. Oh. You're, You're listening, listening
1: to. to... <laughs> You're listening? listening to discourse. Discourse. Discourse.
0: discourse. discourse. discourse.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. from, from from NPR. 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 Mamaroneck Public Radio.
0: Welcome to Mamaroneck Public Radio. This is your host, Lily Donnelly. Today, I was accompanied in the studio by the High School's Pace music teacher, Mr. William Derby, discussing his past, present, and future. Welcome to Discourse. Let's get into the interview. Hello, this is Lily Donnelly from Marinac Public Radio. Today's guest in the studio is Mr. Derby. Hi, Mr. Derby. It's great to have you here. Hello. So, first off, do you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself and how long you've been at MHS?
1: Sure. Um, well, I came to uh, MHS in the year two thousand, so it's uh, it's an exciting year for me. I'm um, actually it's my twentieth year uh, in the district. Um,
0: Congratulations. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and a little bit about myself. Uh, I, I love, uh, music. I have a lot of, uh, interests, uh, other than music, uh, tea, table tennis, for example. These are some of the finer things, dreams. These are some of the finer things in life. Uh, but, uh, but yes, um, Uh, I play the piano and the guitar and sing and, and, uh, compose original music and record it. And, and that's, and I kind of teach all the things that I do in the ukulele and the, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me.
0: So what brought you to become a teacher?
1: Well, that's an interesting question. Um, uh, I, um... Let's see. How can I put this? Well, I had a couple of really good teachers um, that had a really positive effect on my life. I I, um, I had an eighth grade English teacher named Mr. Ford, um, and uh, in middle school I was really not doing well in school at the time, and and <laughs> but then I I just uh, I just really. Uh, got a lot out of his class and I was it was um it it was a it was a experience that you know that I can succeed in a in a classroom it was it was uh it was a contrast to, to most of the other things but then in in high school this is more significantly um I was probably doing even worse in school <laughs> at one point and then uh and then I joined the concert choir, the concert choir at my high school was the big arts thing in the, uh, in the school. And, um, and, uh, I had always previously like really kind of ruled out the arts being, uh, being something I would do in the school. There wasn't much going on. And I, I moved to a new town They had this great music program and music teacher. And, um, and I got involved in that. And that really sort of turned my whole life around and got me to go, you know, interested in going to college and going to uh, to music school um in college. and uh, and it was it was those great experiences with teachers that that um, I think that really inspired me to go into uh, education.
0: So, the kids at m h s know you to be a fun loving enthusiastic and frankly over the top teacher. Is this a persona you put on for the kids, or are you this enthusiastic all the
1: time? I just learning this from you right now um <laughs> that's what people think of me and i don't I don't believe it i think- I think people think i'm i'm pretty uh I'm pretty low key, I'm sort of monotone. You know, I've had a couple of conversations with family members about this. That I, I guess it's a perspective that probably only I have. Uh but we have a lot of um we have a lot of uh mental illness in our family. We schizophrenia, manic depression. It's it's actually been a big uh issue and struggle, uh for for, uh, for a lot of my family members. But um I think I've never actually struggled with that the way that many of my family members have but uh but I've done I've done things like half ironman run marathons I've done, I like I I kind of dive in you know head first to everything I do um and and sometimes I get a little carried away I think that I'm, yeah, I, I, I kind of think I'm predisposed uh, to, to having a struggle with that kind of thing. And, uh, and, and I think that predisposition can be helpful um, to be a motivator in some areas of my life. But, but I also think that uh, just kind of trying to um, be an even keel you know, is harder for me, you know, and so, so I do, so I have a few, like, practices and routines that, that sort of help me to, to, uh, to rein it in. That's one of the things that, that schools need to try to help people to do is get on a good roll with something. You know, if you if you have something going in your life that you uh, look forward to and you're excited about it, it gives you a reason to wake up in the morning and go in and 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 do something that that you feel good about and and have some direction and purpose and meaning. Um, and without that, you're you're lost. You know, so the, so that's uh, which is a which is a feeling that I can. Um, identify with, you know, and, and I think it's is is a feeling that uh, that 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 haunts a lot of people and gives them a lot of problems. So so yeah, so that's that's kind of that's kind of my um, mission a little bit. Yeah. The
0: background yeah. on your enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah which yeah. we love. I mean it's it's <laughs> not a music class without Mr. Derby's enthusiasm. <laughs> so I know a select group of pay students know about your dreams and your dream journaling. Uh-huh. But for the rest of the audience, can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Well, um, you know, I didn't start doing it until 2012. Uh, uh, I'm on my sixth uh, dream journal. Um, and uh, what I do is um, I have a lot of uh, dream activities. Um, I have a, I have a small bibliography of books uh, on dreaming that I've read. Um, the wisdom of your dreams by Jeremy Taylor being my favorite uh, book that I've read about dreams. I started um, recording my dreams and trying to remember them and writing all of them down as an exercise, um, as a creative artist, because uh, because a dream, um, a dream is is a really powerful imaginative, creative work of art that you, in which you actually convince yourself, you create in your mind, a three-dimensional universe and have adventures spontaneously, um, that in many cases are more creative and interesting and profound than, than, then, some of the best plays and and musical compositions that, that that you can find and and they're just you come up with that. Um, but being in touch with that creative, spontaneous thing that happens when you're dreaming um, is going to help you uh, as a as a um as a composer and a creative artist
0: do you think you've changed as a person or evolved in any way since dream journaling you
1: you know i it's kind of you know it's it must be kind of scary for my wife because i i think i'm you know i think i'm i think i'm really much different person than i was a year ago than i was three years ago that like i'm interested in reinventing myself and rediscovering who I am and who I want to become. And like, like the person I am now compared to the person I, I have been, uh, you know, is so different. It's like, who is this person? Um, and, and, uh, and I don't, I try not to like define myself in stone. Um, because I'm constantly changing so I so I think I am I think I'm very different uh, um, and sometimes different like every month
0: <laughs> so now to shift to the topic of family I heard you grew up in Ohio is that true Yes
1: yes yes so what was it
0: like moving to New York from Ohio
1: <laughs> I have I have such a such a such an interesting experience okay tell us this. okay okay so I grew up. In a small, okay. Now, my heart is a hundred percent in this town, and I have great family and friends in it. So I don't want to say anything bad, really trash my hometown of Norwalk, Ohio. Okay, but but Norwalk, Ohio, uh, at the time I was growing up, a small. It's a small town in the Midwest. And a lot of, for you know basically a, a lot of the Midwest, it's like it, it's I don't know, it's it's kind of there's not a lot happening. there's not a lot of opportunities. there's not a lot of uh there's not a lot of value for education. There's not a lot I mean there there are a lot of and when I was growing up, I would say that Norwalk, Ohio had a lot of bars. Um, uh, it, it had a lot of, um, uh, prejudice. It didn't have a lot of, it didn't have a, it had a lot of violence. It didn't have a lot of, uh, a lot of value for diversity. It didn't have a lot of education and understanding it. It, it, it was, a it was kind of a depressed, dark, violent, alcoholic, uh, uh, contentious uh town that that uh in which people um people some people like really thrived and like aced everything in school and and then got out of there it's it's one of those situations that everybody that can get out does and everybody that can't get out stays there and has children, and, and they gets it's it's a uh, you know it's I, I think a lot of places that are struggling struggle in this way in that in that uh, in in that pe- people that can leave do and people that can't leave breed um, that sounds really dark I'm sorry uh, but but uh, <laughs> but anyway um, I moved from there. To, uh, to a college town, uh, Bowling Green in Ohio in Ohio, when I was in the beginning of high school. And, uh, and, I, and and this town had a had a successful school that was feeding into a college that everybody went to and inspired to go to. And um, it was a very different place and it was and there was no diversity. It was all a bunch of white children, pretending to be in college and they all looked and talked and acted exactly the same as if they were in college already um and this made me alienated but
0: they're not in college no
1: no they well all the boys um like joined the team cut their hair wore a baseball cap and and wore and and I came in and I talked differently than them and I I wore uh rock T shirts and had long hair and played played the guitar, no baseball cap. And um and I suddenly went from having a group of friends uh like to to being feared as like the crazy guy. Um and, and uh and um and I didn't, I didn't understand, I didn't understand how the town worked. Like when I was getting bullied, um, you know, I would get bullied and get bullied and then I would, I would like fight. That was what we did. You know, I I, I thought this is, this guy means, bit. you know, and, and they, they, um, it, it, you know, I, it was. So anyway, when I moved to Bowling Green, I had a. When I moved to Bowling Green, I had culture shock, total culture shock. Um, and uh, and what ended up happening in Bowling Green over the course of high school is um, I eventually uh, uh, I eventually be- became accepted by by everybody, and everybody like really loved me and was crazy about, it. and I was popular in in my senior year. But and um, in that in the beginning I was I was a freak from like from from where is this guy from? From space. Yeah, yeah from Detroit. You're an alien. Yeah, you're right. I was an alien. I, I was an alien, and um, and uh, and I was feared and whispered about, and 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 I could tell, and um, but also. The school was like had a lot of good things going. I found this great piano teacher that taught me all about music, and and uh, and she was amazing. And I got involved in some bands and played music, and and um, and I got involved in the school through the through the um, through the music program there with my teacher and and, uh, and, and and all my and all the people in there, and and became friends with all of them. And like I just had a total turnaround uh there but the culture shock was really bad when I moved to Bowling Green then I went straight to college in In, Ohio or Bowling Green in Bowling Green with all the Bowling Green high school students so so all of us didn't have the experience of going away to college because we stayed in town and had our same friends and then I moved 500 miles to upstate New York and started teaching in a little town called Red Hook. And it was a huge change for me to become a teacher and to become an adult and not be a student anymore. And all, it, but no, but the culture was identical for, to Bowling Green. Upstate New York, you, you, get, you get an hour out of the city to small-town America, upstate New York, and you're in the same, essentially, place as you are in small-town Ohio with, with, if you're in a town with a pretty good school system. Okay, so no culture shock at all, but huge life change that I'm now an adult and I'm now a teacher. Then, three years later, I moved in 2000 to Mamaroneck To come to suburbia, total culture shock, more culture shock between small town America to suburbia than between depressed Ohio town to small town America, not depressed.
0: So to switch the topic a little bit, um, I wanted to ask you, I know your family suffered a tragedy a year ago about a year ago. Do yeah. you mind if we talk about it on That's air? That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um do you want to elaborate on what happened a little bit?
1: Well, um my uh, I I grew up with a with an older brother and a younger sister. And um my older brother, uh we were a, a year and a half apart. So I and I was the middle child. And, um, and so my brother John, uh, was a year and a half older than me. My sister Elizabeth was a year and a half younger. Um, and I was in the middle and, uh, my brother John was, uh, was my best friend in the world from the moment I got home from the hospital. Like we just went everywhere together and did everything together and um and this just went on and on and on through my whole life we uh we went through high school together we we went to col. we both went to college in Bowling Green he started singing uh with the men's chorus with me and we went on tour and we were roommates on tour and 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 then he got married i was his best man and i got married and he was my best man and and um and uh we followed the same sports we had the same we had the same like sort of going crazy together uh, journey in in um in middle school uh the uh sort of turning things around together in high school and getting into co- and doing college and and, uh and and then thriving in college and then becoming teachers and he started moving way away uh west and I started moving away east and so we were separated uh, by distance but we we had this kind of um we it never it still didn't It didn't stop. No, we, yeah, we, we would, we would, uh, we would talk on the phone several times a month, often for like three or four hours. Um, and, uh, and, um, and he and, uh, and all the things we struggled with were the same and all the things we, um, we got into were this, and we, we inspired each other to get into some things. My whole, like my marathon and my, my half Ironman and my, uh, my hundred mile bike ride were, were all with him to do, to do it, uh, to, to do one, you know, cause he was, he had gone way off, off the cliff and was doing full Ironmans. He did a hundred mile, uh, uh, run a hundred mile ultra marathon. He, he wasn't as, he wasn't, uh, proud of those things as much as, uh, as the most proud he was to do anything was this Moab, um, this uh South, South Utah uh, uh 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 desert kind of um uh uh national park. He he it's like start on one end with your bike and get to the other. So he was um he was uh raising my um my nieces my twin nieces who just turned 12 uh this year um i'm I'm my sister's uh nieces who she she struggles she struggles uh really badly with the schizophrenia and has a hard time just just managing and has a hard time you know and and um and uh and he he took the girls uh when they were four with his wife And, um, and he was a professor and he, he, he was just, he was, um, he was my best friend. And, uh, and he, but he, he really struggled. Um, he, he, he struggled with extremes. Like, like he, he had some difficulties with, with, uh, with manic, he he was he was diagnosed with bipolar depression and suicidal tendencies he had a difficult really like he just have these really difficult um uh experiences in his life there's these depressions and the and he he was manic um and he would he would just be way up and he'd be way down and and he he tried to just gut it out like the way you gut out a a marathon that you haven't trained for um, I, I and <laughs> and uh, when the my one marathon that i ran his longest training run was 8 miles um you're supposed to have a 20 mile at least uh, long training run and uh, and he was coming off injury and he planned to do the half and he got to the half and decided i'm keeping going he passed me he burned me like like he he beat me like by, by, by <laughs> like over a half hour well over a half hour wow um and uh he, he was he, there there was nothing he couldn't do um uh and, but he he just he just struggled his his good days were a thousand times better than the good days of of everybody else, you got to be careful about that in the arts too, because the the high being too high. Um, because then
0: the lows are right, so right, right. low too. Yeah, right, right,
1: right. It's it's like those dreams that you're you're floating and you're you're so high that there's no there's nowhere to go but fall and splat when you get back down to the earth, you know, and, and, uh, and, and he, his lows were just so low. And, um, and what happened, what happened to him is he, he, he just had, he had a bad day. He had one bad day and, and, uh, and, uh, and he, he, uh, he committed suicide. Wow. I'm so sorry. And, um, I went, I went to, um, sorry, I went, I went to, um, (laughs) so I went to Kansas, um, this summer and, um, and, um, you know, I went and did a little tour. I, I went to, um, I stayed with his, his wife and his, his daughters, um, my nieces, I got them, uh birthday gifts. I got them a I got them a um guitar and a ukulele. I made a video, happy birthday video on my on my YouTube. Um I went to um I went to uh um his his new high school. He got a job as a high school teacher and I've and I went there and I went to his uh I went to his field where he passed away and I I was there for, I was there for like an hour. Um, and, uh, and I did that tour of him. Um, and, uh, it was a very long year. Um, uh, uh, and through the whole year that, now this is kind of wild, but the, um, so I've had sort of dream experiences with, uh, with some of my family members who've passed away and that I see them and, and I'm with them and like I get a sense of they're okay and I get a sense of like connecting with them. Um, uh, it's happened. And with my brother, John, that never happened. I kept having these dreams in, and they've continued. Uh, the whole the whole time, it's been over a year. It's been a year and a month. I keep having these dreams that he's just there. He's just there as a secondary character, and I don't acknowledge that he's gone. That anything's different. That it's just like it always was. He's just there, and I'm not. I'm not surprised he's there. He's, he's always there. He's he's always going to be there. He's always been there. He's there that was my experience i never expected i never ex- i never expected that one of us would outlive the other um it never even crossed my mind it never even crossed my mind um i mean it kind of crossed my mind that he might outlive me but it never crossed my mind that i would outlive him and um and all my dreams are like that with him that he's just there and and he's just there and he's not even he's not even a feature even if he's the only other person it never crosses my mind about him and this was this was um this was uh this was concern for me because I for some reason like I don't think I know anything I don't think anybody knows anything about what happens what becomes of a person after you pass away um and and, uh and um I I don't think anybody really knows, and I don't think I know. Um, and and right right right. But but I've always been comfortable that that with everybody else that whatever's become of them, they're okay. And with him, I'm worried about what's become of him and whether he's okay. And and I'm and I'm I have this kind of worry that maybe it doesn't make any sense. Whatever what- whatever, but I have this concern that he might be trapped in that field, and that's why I went to the field and um and so, after I got back from that trip, I had this profound dream that the the dream had gone on and blah 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 blah, and I went through this whole episode, and I went outside and I said wait a minute, I stopped, and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, how many people was I just with from my family? There were more people there than there could have possibly been, had John, Pat like, like it all started coming to me that, wait a minute, was I just with john and that never happened before and i and i was walking back in and i was thinking about this and i was excited about this and i called out his name and he came right out and he came out and he was he, he was free he was happy he was okay and he said and he, he didn't say anything he had this half smirk that he always kind of tend to have and and um and he just looked at me like what? I'm I'm right here. All you had to do is ask. Like like knowing that he hadn't appeared to me like this for over for over yeah, for for almost a year and that he was doing it for the first time. He was like, "What? What? What what?" And we embraced, which we never did. Um and we embrace and as we're as we're hugging each other, I was taken on this montage of our entire childhood and us like running around and climbing things and playing and fighting and just being like going through the whole, like like it was just like age zero through who knows 16 or something like that. It was just this, it was this montage, like a montage in a film but different in that I wasn't watching it, I was living it. I was the boy, I was the boy and he was the boy and we were the two boys and we were the two inseparable boys and we were running around going crazy and it was, it was like, it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And my dream group uh, director who I discovered has also um, experienced a close, suicide, um, uh, offered to work on the dream with me in a video chat. Um, and we had this whole experience with that. So it, it, um, yeah, that was like, that was, that was profound. Like that was that, that experience alone is, is like, is uh, priceless. I mean, I, I can't, and I don't I don't know I mean, who knows? Who knows what anything means but, but uh but it it means a lot. So so I'm I'm doing um I'm doing a lot better. I mean the, the first yeah, but it was it was it was very um it it was very it's it was it's just been sad. Like yeah. like uh, like I I haven't uh I haven't been angry. I haven't been uh I haven't Questioned him. I haven't questioned myself. Was there something I could have? Like there had a lot of things that because I've I've experienced um, a lot of. Uh, I'm sorry to say, um, a lot of my close family members, uh, my mom's sister, my dad's brother, my my sister's husband. These are like the fourth suicide for a lot of them. Uh, um, but the second close one for a lot of them and it's it's the first close one for me but I didn't experience a lot of the things I'd heard about I just can't stop crying you know just just um I'm just sad I'm just I'm just real. I'm just so sad like it's yeah yeah but but it's um but it's gotten better and better and better and it's i'm happy to hear that
0: but thank you for opening up i really appreciate it absolutely special thanks to mr derby for starring in this episode and that was discourse thank you so much for listening